Daily Dhamma for Monday, Bez Dreshcheshven Tavshim Payalef, the first paddock of Hilchais Mila. So, over the course of the weekend, we finished Hilchas Brachas. Paddock Yud of Hilchas Brachas was about Berches Heidav, Shavach, and included all kinds of interesting Brachas, interesting Tfilas, all the miscellaneous ones. And Paddock Yud Aleph, we learned about Berches Hamitzvahs. And uh, now we're moving, we're, out, we're advancing to Hilchas Mila. And if we uh, recall what the Raman wrote in his Hagdama to the whole Sefer, as I've uh, quoted a few times, that in Hagdama to the whole Mishnah Torah, after the Hagdama, the list of the mitzvahs, there's a section there that Raman summarizes each Sefer of the 14 Svarim. So what does he say about Sefer Ava? So if we recall, he said that the uh, Sefer Shani has all the Tzirais, all the mitzvahs that are uh, common, that are often, or are regular mitzvahs. Those are the mitzvahs that are meant to awaken us to love Hashem. That's why it's Sefer Ava, and it continues with the theme from Sefer Amada. So you have Kriyashma, Davening, Tefillin, Brachas. And then the Ram says, and I included Mila with this group, because it's an Ishtal Even when you have no Tefillin on, no Tzitzis, none of the other mitzvahs are there to remind you, you always have that ice. That always reminds you, so that's why it fits in thematically with the, the other halachas in Sefer Ava. So, and that means we're also approaching, we're almost at the end of Sefer Ava. After the few prakim of Hochaz Mila, we're going to have uh, the Seder at Tfila. A few days is going to occupy us, the Ramam's uh, Seder at the end of all the halachas, and then uh, on to Sefer's Manim. So the next Sefer is the Seder at Tfila. At the end of Sefer Ava, there's going to be a the Rambam Siddur for a few days, and then we're going to move on to Sefer Zmanim, Hilchah Shabbos, etc. Now, uh, Mila was actually mentioned, before we start Hilchah's Mila, Mila was actually mentioned a few times in Hilchah's Brachas. So first of all, in Perek Beis, regarding benching, it said that the second bracha, Birchus Aretz, Al Aretz Al Amazon, you have to mention Bris and Torah. It's there because it has to be there. You have to mention Bris and Torah. And Bris, has to come before Torah, the Ramam said, because the bris has 13 brises. The word bris was mentioned 13 times in relation to the mitzvah of the bris. And the whole Torah itself was only uh, three times. Shalosh brises. So that's uh, something the Ramam mentioned in Nochus Barachas. Also in the last parak, in Parak Aleph, regarding Berchus HaMitzvahs, it was mentioned first, the Ramam mentioned regarding Shech that every mitzvah that's Mizman, Mizman, so like Shefer and all the whole list like that, or the mitzvah that uh, is a Kenyan, like Tzitzis, etc., or a mitzvah that's not tadira and it's not mitzuya, so it's similar, it's not so common, it's not so uh, commonplace. So in that sense, it's actually similar to the shayfer or these these mitzvahs that come from time to time. What's the example that Amun gives of this third category? So that's an example of something which is it's not technically uh, it's not like a shayfer that comes at a regular interval. But uh, it comes irregularly, so in that sense, when it arrives, you're excited, you make a shechiyana. Uh Also in Barak that I mentioned, his shita regarding the Nusach HaBrachas, right? Because some brachas we have the Lashon of Lehoniach, uh, and some brachas have uh, Al-something. So the Ramam came up with the shita that uh, every mitzvah could potentially be either or. It all depends on, the way the Ramam says it is, if you did it for yourself, then you say, I'm doing this mitzvah. Uh, and if you did it for someone else, then it's al hasiya. It's not the mitzvah for me. I'm doing it for someone else. So I'm making a mitzvah, I'm making a bracha regarding the existence of the mitzvah. So he gives examples. We put on tefillin, lehoniach tefillin, etc. Um, 
then he gives an example. Right? That the real mitzvah is to give your own son a bris. So if you're doing the bris, you say lamolas aben. However, however, then the Ram says, well, what if, let's say, instead of putting up a mezuzah for yourself, you put up a mezuzah for someone else? So then, according to them, then you say al kviyas mezuzah. Then the example of Milo that goes for both. So molas ben chaveray. If you gave your your friend's son a bris, mevarech al hamila. So now, and all three of these uh, points are going to come up again in the course of Bilchas Mila, and we'll try to elaborate when we get to them. Just wanted to. Uh, uh, good question, but uh, but uh, anyway, these are the three uh, these are the three nekudas relating to mila in hilchos brachas, and uh, when we get to them again in the course of hilchos mila, we'll uh, we'll comment on them again. So Allah Aleph, let's first start hilchos mila mitzvah say achas. There's one mitzvah. Lamolas has chana b'yem ashmini to give the males a bris on the eighth day. We'll be mitzvah parak melu perak rishin Allah Aleph. Mila, mitzvah says shechayavin alei kares. So, it's a positive commandment, and one of the rare ones where you get kares for not doing something. This is a possible parsha. Pretty timely, close enough that uh, it says clearly in the middle parsha actually that uh, you get the kares for not. Uh, we're going to talk about it in a, in a moment. We're getting, we're getting there. Halacha alaf, halacha beis together. Uh, now, who's the mitzvah incumbent on? So it starts off as a mitzvah that the, the father should do. The father should give the son a bris, or the master, the owner of a slave, should give the the slave all the slaves a bris. Uh, and he quotes again from the psukim there: "Yelid so miknas kasef." So all forms of slaves, whether they were born to him, as we're going to elaborate soon, or he purchased them. So now. If this person, the father, the master, goes ahead and transgresses and doesn't do this mitzvah, so he didn't do the mitzvah, but he's not the one who gets the karas. The karas is only relevant to the person himself who is an aro who didn't get the bris that he needed. What happens in that case if he didn't go ahead and do it? Then, based in mitzuvin lomul oisei habeno yavet bismanis, then based in sort of representing uh, the community, they now have the obligation. To uh, give that child or give that slave a bris at the right time, they shouldn't allow uh, uncircumcised people to circulate, whether it's among the Jewish community or among the slaves of the Jewish community. Now, the Kasef Mishnah has a question here. It says in the Minyan Hamitzvahs, the Rambam only wrote Lamolas Aben. It says Something to think about. That's the Kasef Mishnah. The Mishnah's Kasha. So what, what happened in the case of a, a yid does, who doesn't want to be circumcised? Now we're going to talk about once a person grows up in Allah base. So Adam So we don't, uh, if a father didn't give a son a bris, we don't sneak and uh, give the child a bris when the father is unaware. Unless we know that he's blatantly, flagrantly, he decide he's not doing it. So then, should based in then based in has a formal body, they intervene and uh, they compel the child to get a bris, even against the wishes of the father. This alimi based in But what if somehow he fell through all the so the parents didn't take care of it, the basin didn't take care of it, and now he's an adult. When he grows up, who Now finally, the obligation is transferred to him. Now every day that passes, once he becomes an adult and he does not circumcise himself, I would assume thirteen. 
So he is, uh, he's, he's, not, he's not keeping the mitzvah. Where's the chorus though? The Ramah says something interesting. The chorus kicks in when he dies, not having given, him, given himself a bris on purpose. So the Ravid uh, jumps in and says, This doesn't have spice. He doesn't like it. Sure, it's hard to give a hasra over here. But uh, that's why the Shemayim are going to keep him off the hook his whole life. Years and years are passing by and he's not Chayef uh, Karas. Every day that passes, he has an Isser Karas. So the Kasef of Mishnah responds. The Kasef of Mishnah says, right, because the, the Ravid always says, Aimer Ani. So he says, Ani Aimer. I say to the Ravid that uh, what does Karis mean when when the we're talking about Karis? Karis means dying young, dying prematurely. So according to the Rambam, this person does not become punished with dying prematurely because he never actually transgressed the mitzvah. When you have a lay say, so the moment you transgressed it, that's the moment of transgression. Here. He didn't do it, but what, what moment are you going to point that and say that's the moment? He always has the ability to fix it. The second will take care of it, it'll be fine. So the only moment you know for sure that he won't take care of it is when he dies. Then you know he'll never take care of it again. And then retroactively, so then it's a karis lenefesh. Uh, for, for, yeah, that's, that's a different story, but uh, I never heard, hear about an adult. Because inami, or you can say, that same idea that you don't, the man doesn't die, but kids are shun him because that never kicks in. However, when he's going to come, it's time to die. Once a person's time to die comes, apparently according to the case of Mishnah, it could uh, take a nice amount of time or it could happen one, two, three. There's something called karis de yoimi in Gemara, that you can have karis in days, not just karis in years. So when it comes time to die, he'll die, but kids are yamim. Instead of uh, taking a more reasonable amount of time, it's going to happen very abruptly and that will be the form of karis, but again, only kicks in once it's really his time to die. Uh, Shem says, okay, uh, now, now sort of the deadline, and now we're going to punish him. Within the last few moments or days we have left, I'm going to punish him now with the karis. It's amazing. You said amazing. It's amazing. It stays with you. It can never be amazing. Talking about someone who uh, knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Sure. If it's a then he's not amazing. I just, I just meant to say that the father didn't take care of it. The priest just didn't take care of it. He was unaware of the whole thing of Blismila, what it is. He didn't say that he was unaware. If he's unaware, that's a different story. Talking about someone who's aware. Evan was aware. Why, why can he never be amazing? He can know, but he can grow up. No, he went to yeshiva. He learned the uh, Hilchas Mila. Oh, oh, that is sure. Just like anything else, yeah. Well, no different. And then the uh, then he says, "What about the rival? What does the rival hold?" So the rival must hold that from the moment that he becomes an adult and he doesn't uh, get a bris. So the first day that passes and he didn't do a bris, from that moment already he's high of law. Must be kids are shown him. This is karis hanging over his head, and. It's in reverse. If he's going to give himself a bris milah, then he'll revoke the karis. It's the only karis that you can uh, remove by uh, just doing something. But the karis is there the whole time, according to the Ravid. A different model of how you look at it. Every day, that's what he said, the Choyim Ayim is karis. The Choyim is Roy, he can be struck down by this karis. Even though obviously it's its own unique category, but uh, that's how the Ravid understands it. And then he goes into what the Ravid mean by Hasra Safik. You can look in the Kasafishna for more on that. All right.
Aloha Gimel. So now we get into uh, interesting details relating to slave ownership and what day uh, what day the slave should get the uh, bris. Aloha Gimel. Echad Eved Shanil B'Rishus Yitzral Echad Eved Shanil Hanukkah Min HaGoyim So whether he was born in the Jewish property or he was purchased, as we said earlier from the Pasuk, Yilid Boy Yusumikna Kasef they both have the same obligation. They're out, they're out. The master has to give them a bris. Allah, there is a difference. If he was born to slaves and maids that are already his property, so then you wait the normal eight days. However, if he purchases the, the slave, then he gets the bris the day he purchases them. Even if he buys a one day old baby, in that case, Unusually, the chiyav would be chal that day immediately. You don't wait eight days for a slave that was bought, that was purchased at one day old. Apparently, not so much. I think the doctors in the hospitals who do circumcision, I don't think they wait uh, eight days. I think they wait longer. You think? No, I don't know. They ask the I think they might do it right away. Yeah, they don't wait eight days can do a circumcision the first day after he's born? Apparently, if we're saying that, we should, that you should, then apparently. Hmm? For an Eved who was purchased right. on the day he was born, or within, you know, whatever, whenever you purchase him, even on the day he was born. Huh? That's Salah Gimel. Then, there's some uh, interesting twists on this. Salah Dalet, Yesh Miknas Kasef, Shanimah L'Shmayna. You can have the reverse. You purchase the slave with money, and you dafka wait eight days. And then there's one who was born to you. We got to the day he was born. How do we turn that on upside down? Like this. The first case. He paid for a maid. When he paid for the maid, it was, it was understood that the maid was pregnant and extra money was put down with the understanding that she's pregnant. There's more value here. There's a child. So he paid for both. So technically, it was born... Uh, one second. Yolda now, technically, he paid for him. So we said before, if you pay for the child, you give him the bris right away. But uh, over here, he paid for the child before he was born. So, even though he paid, so really it should be the day of. Because he bought the mother before she gave birth. So, from the mother's perspective, this is a Yelid bias. From the child's perspective, this is a Miknakasa, but from the mother's perspective, it's Yilid Bayez, so we go with that. We say, he purchased the mother, this is a child of that mother, so as a child of that mother, Nimo Lishmaina, he gets the bris on the eighth day, like uh, like a Yilid bias, even though we called him a Miknakasa, because we paid for him. Now, what about the reverse? What if he only paid for the children? He didn't pay for the maid. He only bought her because she's a childbearing woman. But he didn't need her services personally. So he purchased a maid and it's a tznai that he's not going to let her, she's not going to toivel to have this exact status of, uh, of an avid, of a shifcha. So in that case, even though the child was born in his rishu, so we're calling it a yelid bias, but but Really, we treat it's really a miknas kasef, so he really gets the bris the day he was born. Because there's no mother in the picture. The, the mother has to be a maid, and then her child gets a bris on the eighth day. But here, the mother's not in the picture, either because he didn't pay for her, or he didn't uh, want to give her the status of a shifcha. So, uh, even though she was in his property, technically, but she wasn't really his property. 
So, it's as if he just bought him the day he was born. She's not in the status of a Shifcha Yisrael to give the child a real status of Yilid Bias. So even though we call him Yilid Bias, it's really Miknekasa. However, if she goes and toivos after she gives birth, then the status changes. Then we consider him again the, 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 the child of a Shifcha, and then his status changes back to eight days. Okay, interesting halachas. Halacha vav. Lokach evet godoyl min Now we're talking about buying a slave who's an adult. So the shift is a yid. That means the whole complications don't come in. Uh, I'm a vriya. I'm a vriya. That's a totally different. No, you don't. No, you're not talking about an avriya. Also, I'm a isn't married. Who's she married to? The other and then she's not an amma anymore. No. Halacha vav. Let's say you buy an adult slave, non-Jewish slave. He refuses. Apparently, we give him some uh, leeway here to say yes or no. So if he refuses, so uh, we let it uh, hang. We we hang out with him for twelve months. That's how long we can let it uh, let the let this thing pend. Yes, More than twelve months, you can't keep him as a slave, as an oral. So what are you going to do? You have to sell him back. However, if they made a condition to begin with when he was still by his uh, non-Jewish master, he won't get a bris, then so you are, like just like we mentioned in the last halacha, apparently you are able to create uh, an evident shifcha don't fit into the exact uh, halachic status of an evident shifcha. They can, uh, there's a workaround. But no matter what, whether he's uh, full of it or not, he has to accept shavah mitzvahs. The Yik, a Gertaisha, and then he gets the status of a Gertaisha slash slave. Avalam Lake, he will all have Shavah Mitzvahs. Granted, Amam, if he refuses to get Shavah Mitzvahs, doesn't matter what the other details are. Yahad of Niyad, you gotta kill him right away, cause you gotta kill, uh, technically anyone who doesn't keep Shavah Mitzvahs. Then the Ramadz, and the common Gertaisha, Velabazman Shayavel Noyeg, and we don't have a Gertaisha except when we have, uh, Yavel. So, so what if you have a slave today? Oh, so the Ravid comments on that. So the Ravid says, Yahad of Niyad, you kill him right away, you macher Niyad. Sell him right away. Anyone want a lot of gish? We can't kill anyone now. That's uh, the Raiva jumps in and says, the Kesav Mishnah says, I don't understand what the Raiva wants. It says, Shehuz al-Kasav Divri al-Gemara. The Rambam is looking at what the Gemara says, and he writes it down. If we don't have the ability to implement the laws of the Gemara, so the Rambam shouldn't write the halacha. The Rambam is doing his thing. So he says, that you shouldn't say that even when you can't kill him. So, uh, so Megalgal, uh, all the things we just said. So there you can keep him in the end if he doesn't keep Shavah Mitzvahs. Maybe, uh, when we said that, uh, Mutter Lekaimah with Shavah Mitzvahs, and if not, then kill him. Maybe it was Manazer, you can keep him without the Shavah Mitzvahs. Marshall and Ravid, of course we can't kill him, so he doesn't want to accept the Shavah Mitzvahs. So then you have to sell him right away. But it sounds like you could, uh, you could have a slave nowadays, technically. It wouldn't be, I guess, he wouldn't have the full status of a Gertesha, but if he's even Shavah Mitzvah, should be fine. Why do we care if he's fully a Gertesha or not? Now, regarding Gertesha, we already touched on the Gertesha back in Hilchus of Zara, Perak Yod, when we discussed Leisa Chanim. Uh, I'll mention just a little bit what we said over there. Rama mentioned about, uh, it's also to, to heal idolaters, people who are, who are Ibn Zara. But then he says, Gertesha, because we are supposed to keep him alive, so heal him, Bechinam. Uh, if you're Cheshish Mishameva for every the Zara, you can't heal him for free, only for Bishar. Gertaisha, if you can treat him like a year, you can even heal him for free. 
That was one thing I mentioned there about a Gertaisha. Another thing I mentioned there was about Mount Meschinam. You can't give a guy just a gift, but you can give a Gertaisha. And then at the end of the paragraph, the Ramam said that all the details about dealing with the Gaim or what you could do or can't do, the assumption being that we can't, we don't have full control, so we have to figure out what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do. Can you sell? Can you not sell? Can you give a gift? Can you not give a gift? So then we can't allow a guy to live among us at all. But Yavar Barat Seinu, until he gets the Shem Mitzvah, he keeps the Shem Mitzvah, he's a Gert Tayshav, and then our man's off, Emekam Gert Tayshav, all this man, Shayevon, Nayeg, only when the Yavar is uh, in place, no Yavar, which is nowadays, so you can't, uh, you can only have a Gert Tzedek. We mentioned then about the whole controversy of the Hetzer Mechira in Eretz Yisrael since the 1880s, the question of can you sell property, uh, land in Eretz Yisrael during Shemitah to sidestep the Hilcha Shemitah, so the problem being that if you sell it to a guy, then you're being over and lace the because you're selling property to sell to a guy. Now you could sell it to a Gertaisha, but are there, there's no Gertaisha nowadays. And some people try to tie into that. Maybe, uh, technically you could consider someone a Gertaisha to a certain extent. That was a big, uh, that was at the center of the controversy. How do you get around that conundrum? You want to sell it, but then you're selling it to a guy. There's no Gertaisha. We also mentioned that uh, even though the Ramam just says no Gertaisha, but, um, that's just Lagabe specific technical halachas, but the Rebbe, of course, uh, made a big deal out of the fact that there's still uh, significance to accepting the Shavimitz Bereinayach, even if it doesn't translate into being accepted as a Gertaisha, it's still significant and meaningful. We still want the Rebbe was Medayak, that, that's, uh, that's what uh, we're still uh, uh, advocating for. Moving on to... Mila, if you have an Eved, no, no, get it. someone who keeps hanging on himself, he wouldn't need one. Either he's a Ger or he's an Eved. If he's a Ger, he's a Ger. If he's an Eved, you can still give him Mila, Mila to an Eved. All those halachas are still relevant. The Ger Toshif doesn't have to have this Mila. No, he's an Eved. Um, no, Ger Toshif. Yeah, but we said we said an avid is a gertayshav, so that's the avid has a special get. He's like an isha, and he has, has milah, and he's a gertayshav. It's like a, a mix of halachas there, but a regular gertayshav. No, no, correct. Yes, halacha zayin. Ger shenichnas akal yisrael. Now moving on from adult slaves to ger. You have a convert, proselyte, so he's he's converting. Chayav milah tchila. He needs a bris milah first, among other things. And what if he was already circumcised as a guy? This happens. So you need a, you need a toughest dambris. You need a cut. Maybe get some blood. Let some blood. Yeah. And the same goes for a Jewish child who's born without a, without an orla. It happens. So on the eighth day, you cut a little bit and uh, let some blood. Mm-hmm. Right. Andreganus. So, uh, Rama reminds us what's an Kaza, He has both, uh, male and female. We mentioned already in Hilchos of Redazar, when it came to dress, Peyas Harayish, and Klei Gavr, we, we elaborated on a bit more over there. So, Tarach Lomulay Say Bashmini also on the eighth day. Someone who was born the, through cesarean section, uh, or someone who has two arolas uh, for some reason. It's all uh, on the eighth day. Now, um, 
you have the, the Indian Chloe of Mila uh, that uh, bring him into Kedusha Yisrael. And then you have the technical mitzvah. He's doing a mitzvah of Mila. Like, I don't but there you see Mamesh, how besides the technical mitzvah of Mila, he's doing He's going to do all the mitzvahs soon. But uh, you see how the mitzvah of Mila, Mamesh creates the bris, creates the, the, the compact, the pact between him and Hashem. That's how he enters. So you see that concept a lot more clearly when it comes to Agar. Another point that comes up uh, in relation to this halacha, the uh, Rebbe is referring to the, uh, the three, the Rebbe mentions in a lot of places, the three details in Mila, you should be mohol, and you shouldn't be an arl, and then it's just the mitzvah of Mila. The pool of Mila, without that you should be mohol, you shouldn't be an arl. Right. And the Rebbe says, when the Nafkamini halacha is, that someone who's born mohol, so he is mohol, he's not an arl, and yet we still say that he should do the mitzvah. So you see that there's the pulas amila. Add some pulas amila. Chutz and the ragachover on this halachim. Halachas mila paragaf halachas zayin. You see from the Rambam that katan shneil kshum mohol. It's rak mishum gedim. It's not mishum safik arla kavusha. It's not a maybe. There's some maybe there's an arla in his skin. It's just not visible. So really he is an arla. Just we can't see it. No. It's just Mishum Geder Mitzvah. How do we see this? He says, in Hilchas Trumas, the Rambam says that Mutu Lachu Batruma Em Noilad Mahal. You can eat Truma if he's born in Mahal. So for, for practical purposes, we, we consider him a full Mahal. We don't consider him a Safagara. Alpha Pikain, you need a Tafas Dambris. That proves that it's Mahal is just the Geder Mitzvah, not for any Pu'ula uh, in the person himself. And maybe that connects the idea of the Brisa Shal Avramavinu, just to be in the Brisa Shal Avramavinu, you need to do the Pu'ula beyond the uh, the physical uh, components. All right. Now to uh, continue in the Parak. Alacha Ches. Ein Moyelin Lo'elim, this is man. What time? Ein Moyelin Lo'elim, Elba Yem Achar Aleis Hashemesh. So you can't do it by night. You have to wait sure after Allah. It doesn't matter whether it's the eighth day. It's not like, oh, the eighth day doesn't begin until the sun comes up, but maybe once the eighth day passes, then you can do a day and night. No, even if it's the ninth day, etc. It always has to be by day and not by night. Day and not night. So, um, Alayis Hashemesh is really what we call nets. Hanetz hachama, that the sun actually, uh, which is just the light without the sun, it's lemila, uh, all day, starting from the morning, but throughout the day is okay. But ideal to do it in the beginning. You always try to do things as early and as fast as possible. Of course, you have the whole, uh, Pilpul about what Barayev Am Hadras Melach. I didn't have a chance to look it up, but I recall it would have been uh, nice to have uh, looked it up. That uh, I think Rabbi Eger, um, Kiva Eger's uh, grandson, who was Niskar of Tachsidus, the Kotsk, I think there was a whole controversy relating to this. I think it may have even been relating specifically to Mila, 
that uh, he waited till the end of the day and uh, it became a whole controversy and a lot of Rabbanim weighed in, the Tshubas have been printed, but uh, that's for another time. Halacha Tess. Mila bezmana doicha es hashabbos. So uh, if the meal is being done on time, then it uh, trumps Shabbos. So you do it and you ignore the Shabbos. But if it's not the eighth day, then Shabbos Yom come first. You have to wait till afterwards. And no matter what time you're doing it, it always trumps Taras. The Taras is literally on the Arla. That's it. Usually you don't have to cut off the Taras. But uh, here you're allowed to what is on the earl. So here's the rule. The idea that uh, a mila on the eighth day uh, pushes off Shabbos isn't only true for children, but even for slaves. If they are also, if their halach is, if their category is, they're yelit bias, and uh, you're doing it on the eighth day, it's day chashavas. Chutz mi yelit bias, shaloi tov le'imei achi yolda, that case from halacha hey, where she toivled after, then shavu yishnim al-shmein e'edei chashavas. That's one case where we don't know. Okay. Halacha yedalaf. Kod n'shanoi l'kshu mohol. What if the child is born already with the bris, like we mentioned earlier? Halacha zayin, umi shanoi l'bachedesh ha-shmini li'iburai, and someone was born in the eighth month, which means he's premature, and you, you can see it literally. Abraham is going to say in a bit in Allah Gimel that the child is born, you can see he's premature. So, so uh, we treat him like a, like a miscarriage because he's not going to survive. So that's the second example. Or uh, someone who's a cesarean section, an andragonist. They do not push off the Shabbos. They wait till the next day, Sunday, which is their ninth day. But they're probably not getting a bris on the eighth day uh, either. In those days, the child didn't look healthy. Uh, but there was nothing they could do about it, so they might have just gone ahead and should we do the bris anyway? Uh, so that's what we're saying. You're not gaining anything. Uh, he's not going to live anyway. So why uh, why be doicha the Shabbos? But uh, if you thought the child had a chance of surviving, chances are I don't think you would uh, be doing anything. You'd have to do it because you don't think he has a chance in a way. I think. Someone who's born around now. You're not sure if it's day or night. So uh, we assume that we should start counting from the night time. So but that means it's the ninth day, which is maybe the eighth day. So now you can't give him a bris on Friday because you have to count from the night. And you don't give him a bris on Shabbos. Any day of Shabbos. Because it's a suffix, so it's not Deich Shabbos. Animo Be'ach Shabbos. He gets pushed off already to Sunday. In Deich Shabbos, me suffix. A suffix doesn't push up Shabbos. Lach Yud Gimel, Mishnel Bechedesh Hashmini. Back to, he was born in the eighth month. Imayash Shalim Besaidu Betziparna. If the evidence shows, you look at him and it looks like he's fully developed. Harez of Vlad Shalim. So then we say, oh, this is, this is not the nafer we were talking about. So in terms of seven, eight, and nine, we'll call him 
This is a child who was really, uh, he was ready, ready to be born in the seventh month and he just uh, took some time. So the definition of a Ben Shemayna is the assumption was he was only going to be ready by the ninth month and he was born prematurely. Or then, then you have the opposite, someone who was ready in the seventh month and then whatever he's born, he's born. So you can carry him on child, but you don't treat him like a stone, which is the opposite of what we're going to say in a second. Uh, for someone who is uh, you can give him a and Shabbos the eighth month, it doesn't matter you look, you follow the Metzias you look at the child but if you see that the hair is is, is wrong the, the nails are wrong, you see he's like half-baked, he wasn't uh, he wasn't ready to be born so then we say, okay, this is for sure an eight-month he was only going to be ready he was only going to be mature in the ninth month he was born prematurely and in those days, there was nothing you could do about it. So, so we treat him like a rock, you know, to carry him. But we don't even treat him like as uh, having like, uh, you know, the value of a living being. Still, he left him around for 30 days. He treated him like a rock and somehow he made it. So then, I guess we'll make it. Suddenly he reverts and now he's like a normal kid like anyone else. If you last 30 days, in an you're already not in Nafal uh, territory. He might, still, he might still be unhealthy, but he's not in Nafal. Halacha Yudalid. If someone was born in the seventh month, if he's clearly uh, okay, so uh, he's fine. What if you're not sure if he's a seven or an eight? Then you can give a bris on Shabbos no matter what. If he's seven and he's fine, then uh, he should be doing Shabbos. He's healthy. And if he's not okay, this is not really a, truly an act of meal. It's like slicing uh, flesh. Because he's not really a living being. He's not going to make it. So that wouldn't be the meal that's problematic on Shabbos. So uh, you can do it no matter what. What if he wasn't fully born Ben Ashmashes? He was only born, he stuck his head out, his head emerged. So even though he was only fully born when it was properly night, we don't say, oh, so now he's a, a Shabbos boy. No, we still say he's a Ben Ashmashes, so he's a Suffolk. So he, technically he's still maybe Friday, maybe Shabbos, so then you can't give him a British on Shabbos because he's a Suffolk. Now the Ram says, So if you're not Deich Shabbos, you also are not Deich the first day of Yom Tov. But Deich is Yom Tov Shein, but you are Deich the second day of Yom Tov. Even for those who observe two days. However, Yom Tov has two days, because they're the second day is different. Chayla, the idea, this is just, uh, you know, this is very uh, common uh, nowadays. It's a child who's uh, unwell. And Melanesi actually until he recovers. And when he recovers, you don't give a bris right away. Then you start counting seven days, seven full days. And then you give him a bris. When do we count seven days? He had a fever. Something like that. So after a fever, you wait a week. But if uh, you just had a, his eyes were hurting, 
When the eyes clear up and the heel, give him a bris right away. Anything like that. A child is very yellow. Yorick in Halacha very often means yellow. Yeah, jaundice. So, we don't give him a bris until the colors revert to normal. Different, I think, today you still have different Moilim, uh, different communities of different uh, traditions, standards of, you know, to what extent or how long they wait. But uh, I'm just saying in general terms. He's very red. He almost looks like he was painted. Until the blood is reabsorbed into the body, whatever it is, until he has a normal appearance. This is also a problem with the blood. Very careful. And you don't give a bris that child unless he's not described as sick in any way. Because that's more important than everything else. But after man, is always uh, later for a bris. You can never retrieve a person who died uh, who wasn't supposed to die. It's so. interesting when the staff is coming from the doctor. Right, right, yeah. It's a whole different... Uh, right, for sure. Mm-hmm. And we'll see in a moment why I mentioned the woman. The woman gave her child, her first child, a bris, and he died due to the mila, bled out. I mean, if he bled out here, Ram just makes it sound like uh, he lost his kayach. Uh, just to uh, did him in. The same for the second. So it doesn't go by the man. It goes by the woman. So whether it's the different husbands, it goes according to the woman. So you shouldn't give the, the third the bris right away. We assume that it's just a matter of his uh, stamina or whatever it is. You wait till he gets a little stronger. And then you give him a bris. 